right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Milestones Podcast. I am your host, OGRA Communications and Marketing Coordinator, Jared LeMay. And joining me, OGRA Senior Policy Advisor, Thomas Barakat. Como esta, Thomas? <laughs> bien, bien, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are on the show floor at the 2020 OGRA Conference. It's been, uh, it's been a rocking conference this year. I am enjoying it. What are you thinking, Thomas? Yeah, you know what, Jared? It's uh, it's very lively. There's a lot going on. Lots of people here. Lots of ideas being exchanged, and uh, lots of fun being had at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, God, we're only on day two now, right? That's right. You know, it's day two, but for us OGRA staff, uh, you know, it feels like it's uh, you know day fifteen. Um, because, you know, so much work goes into planning this and uh, we're just running around all day uh, doing different things. And but you know what, Jared, I'm just glad we've actually had a chance to kind of sit down and uh, take a moment and, you know, do a taping of this podcast at the OJRA conference. Yeah, it's well, something that's never really been done before. Stepping back, like you said, this this doesn't just happen on Sunday. We are um, we, we're, we're starting this months, months, months in advance. Hard oh, yes. work. Uh, uh, and everything going into it, hard work, planning, thoughts, changes, last-minute dropouts, last-minute pickups. and Right, right. It is a process. So if you see an OGRA representative kicking around the conference, if you see them at road school coming up or anything <laughs> like that, thank them. They'll, yeah. uh, they'll appreciate it. Well, maybe even buy them a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, They yeah. definitely appreciate that. Oh, I know I would, Jared. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, okay, so this is... Uh, just going to be a little bit impromptu. We were um, hoping to have uh, Dr. James Rabinsky uh, for this podcast, but uh, he's a little busy. We, uh, like I said, we were a little bit busy, but we're going to just talk about what's going on. Um, how was yeah. your uh, How's your Sunday to start things off? You had the uh, Emerging Student Forum, right? Yeah, that's right, Jared. So, yeah, as as mentioned in the uh, previous episode, uh, it's it's the sixth year we put on a student uh, type of event at the OGRA conference. And uh, this year we actually switched it up, like I mentioned, in that uh, we're doing, we, we focused it on public works. So we actually had a, you know, a rock star panel. We had two uh, county engineers uh, and two, people, uh, two technicians, uh, county technicians. And uh, you know, we had a wide variety of students show up. Um, we had about almost 50 people, I think it was, in the room. And uh, I've never seen such a lively group of students before who stuck around, not only they, uh, you know, came for the session, but they stuck around after. They were networking on the trade floor, they were checking out the exhibitors and the exhibits, and uh, they, I even had people ask me if they can come volunteer at the conference next year. So, I mean, I think the future is bright. That's fantastic, and I mean, if, if you're looking to get into public works, this is the place to be. I mean, the student forum's an awesome shoe in the door, it's an excellent price for what it is. Oh, right. And, and you get to meet, potential employers, contacts, people who can get you in the door, whatever you need. Um, exactly, Jared. And that's, what I, and that's kind of the message I was trying to convey to some of these people coming in. I said, and, 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 and even the, uh, we had a speaker from Municipal World who kind of opened uh, up the presentation on, on Sunday. He said, just so you know, a lot of people here are going to be retiring in the next few years. And so that's great for you. And, you know, th- that was uh, very well received in the room by the students because, you know, and the municipal sector, you know, is going to need some young, uh, some young people to join and kind of help replace the, the aging population that's exiting. And, you know, funny enough, Jared, we just spoke to um, the mayor from Clearview there, who is, uh, you know, your, your father worked for. Right. And your father just retired. So that's just, I mean, we, we see people retiring here left, right, and center. People that we've come to know and, you know, 
have so much institutional knowledge. Uh, it, all that's kind of leaving. So getting these young people in the doors, but uh, you know, and, and to get these jobs, but also most importantly, getting them to talk to people and uh, exchange the ideas. Because once that information is gone from the older generation, you know, it's gone. You know, so we you want you want to have them in there talking to each other exactly. to pass that to pass that experience down. You know? And the thing is too, I mean, a lot of these people, you get, you get into policy, you get into um, political science, something like that. You don't really think about the municipal sector. You, you want to be working for the federal government, the provincial government. You want those flashy, high, <laughs> high expectations jobs, the ones that you think are going to be cool and you end up regretting later in life when uh, <laughs> you're run into the ground. But the, the municipal jobs are where it's at. And, well, you know and what, Jared? This is you know, what, I tell, what I tell students uh, about the municipal sector because I was one of those people. And I mean, I never worked for the municipal sector, but I work with the municipal sector here at OGRA. What I tell, what I tend to tell uh, students is that if you want a job that is rewarding, that you are actually able to see almost the fruits of your labor, to see that you know the effect that you're having on your community. Uh, the municipal sector is one sector that is very, very good for that because it's everything's local. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just, I mean, you don't get that at the provincial level. You don't get that at the federal level. The municipal level, that is exactly where you see that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, and, it's and community. Actually, yeah. it's, it's people. It's people you know, people yes. you see around you being affected exactly. by what you do. Exactly. If you want to affect change, this is the career for you. Yeah, and I'll say this: I'm a millennial, Jared. And I know sometimes you, uh, you know, you know, you like to poo-poo on us millennials, <laughs> even though you, I think, actually are one yourself. I walk the line. Yeah, you walk the line. You're you're a cusp baby there. Um, <laughs> But what I, you know, as a millennial, I know that my generation, we look for jobs that have meaning, that you get up every day saying, you know what, I'm actually making a difference in this world. The municipal sector is one of those uh, sectors and one of those industries where you actually feel like you are making a difference. Exactly. All right. That was, um, there was a lot of other good things going on Monday, the small town forum, road building forum, the recycled roadways. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, Thomas, you, you were mainly involved in the student forum, and I was kicking around getting pictures. So right. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's move on to Monday. Monday, yeah, right. the big, big start. James Orbinski? James Orbinski yeah. right off the bat. Dr. James, yeah. yeah. I mean, his presentation uh, about the you know, global threats of the 21st century, I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie, I looked around the room a little bit. People looked like they weren't really sure how to react to that in the sense that there were these, some of these changes are, you know, f- are going to fundamentally uh, change the way that we live, the way we, yeah. uh, you know, plan our cities, the way we just a lot of changes. And, you know, it's not it's going to affect, you know, different levels of government, but municipal governments, you know, are going to have to do their fair share. I, I got to say, I got to say, I appreciate him not going full Greta Thunberg on us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it is a it is a concern and something we should be taking seriously. But um, <laughs> let, let, let's act like adults here. Oh wow! What do you? Well, come on, Jared. Are you, are you saying that he's an alarmist? No, he's not an alarmist. He's pointing out exactly what we need to hear. Yeah. Okay. Stuff is changing. Okay. Threats are are very real. And yes. From a from a medical perspective as right. well. I mean, especially yeah. talking. Um, I caught I caught a little bit of um, his speech, especially about. Um, the coronavirus about how uh, pandemics like that, well not pandemics, but uh, diseases like that yeah. are going to start cropping up as as things change, as conditions right. become right for these newer viruses. To you, kind of, you're going to yeah. end up having the Spanish flu epidemic of the 1900s. And like he was saying, 
there's what over 16 million people flying every yeah, I think, day. Yeah, I think I'm not sure. Was it six or 16? I think I remember Either six, way, but you six, might. Yeah. It might have been six. But but imagine that six million well, travelers. Six to 16 six million to 16, going all over yeah, the world every single day. That's crazy. And, that, and, and we're again. I think we are. Yeah, we're, we're witnessing what's you know what's happening in China and well, the coronavirus and how yeah, that's and spreading. And we're we're a global we're a global we're we're a global society now. And yes. Te- Hundreds of years ago, there there was no way that like something like that would spread from a community, even a, a country, as quickly as it can now. With right. Six million people moving daily. That's right, one part of the world to the other. And, exactly. Yeah, uh, but and, and that's the thing. There's there's huge public health implications, uh, and and obviously there's a huge uh, um, you know responsibility for municipalities here. Even though the you know the 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 the, pro- the province is in charge of you know healthcare technically, but municipalities do a lot to administer some of these. Yeah. Uh, you may not think about programs. it, but like what municipalities do does affect healthcare. Of course, of course. Yeah. And and what you want to do is you you know you don't you don't want people to be uh, you're trying to keep people away from the healthcare system in a way you don't want to strain it. So yeah, the end, there's obviously things that municipalities can do to kind of help stop the spread of these sorts of things. Exactly. So yeah. So, so that's, that yeah, that was a that that was a big um, a big eye-opening speech. Um, and not, it was not alarmist at all. It was just a nice little way of saying, hey, listen, get, get your stuff together. Right. And it's, uh, it's just, I guess, looking ahead, because, I mean, we already are, you know, 20, 20 years into the 21st century. Yeah. Um, and he was, almost, I mean, he was almost saying the future is now. I mean, this, these issues uh, that he outlined, you know, I think it was like the top, I think he had the top 10 issues. I think he said three or four of them were already, environmental issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're already being broached as like right now. Yeah. So, and the the nice thing about that is our uh, you know at the OJRA conference we've uh, we've actually had a few sessions. I think we have one actually going on at this moment about uh, net zero um, building net zero cities was yeah. one. Um, you know, there's a you know there's one on micro mobility this afternoon. I think micro mobility is another way that we kind of can help lower uh, greenhouse gas emissions because is that really, uh, the Lime e-scooters? Yeah, so that's uh, well, yeah, the, their uh, Lime e-scooters. Uh, Chris Schaefer is going to be presenting okay. at that one. Uh, he's all, he's doing a demo downstairs right now. Um, you know, and, which I had the pleasure of riding this morning. It was pretty <laughs> pretty cool. Did not crash it into the wall. Um, <laughs> I heard somebody may have done so. We hope that they're okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's a session this afternoon, uh, uh, Micromobility. Brian Anderson from Frank Cowan is going to be there. Um, actually, uh, the parliamentary assistant to the Minister of Transportation, Vijay Tanagasalam, is also going to be presenting at that one as well. So I look forward to actually sitting in on that one, um, to, hear, to hearing about some of the solutions that they're going to be proposing kind of going forward. Um, but I guess my point is, so... Dr. James Robinski outlined a lot of these, uh, you know, threats that are going to be, you know, affecting all of us. And, uh, you know, here we are at OGRA, we're, we're kind of helping to, you know, educate, inform, um, spark discussion, spark thought on some of these issues, how municipalities can help tackle some of these things. Yeah. And that's what we have to do as a municipal sector. It's uh, some, you know, these, although these issues are global, everything's local. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's always that, like that. Yeah. So. And, um Directly after Dr. Orbinski, uh, moving on from him, which was actually really, really interesting, was uh, the Pollinator Partnership as a, an OGRA shift disturber. And th- th- this organization has been really, I, I, w- I wanna s- don't want to say curious, but it's been interesting since, we, since we've connected yes. in, in the summer. And he really led from his speech right into how helping pollinators 
survive in Ontario on our roadways can both benefit and grow Ontario as as a province, and how and how it's already affecting uh, United like states in the U.S. and provinces and communities around Canada. Right. Um, yeah, it was uh, Kathleen Law who uh, was on stage yesterday, kind of presenting, uh, and and you know what I took away from that was, you know. In, in a sense, it's you know do less do less maintenance in terms of cutting the grass along your highways, um, and you actually help um, what are the, uh, ecosystems. You you help um, uh, different types of insects. So I think I think she mentioned monarch butterflies. There's been a huge decline in those across North America. I don't know about you, Jared, but I remember when I was a kid, I would always see uh, monarch butterflies when I was outside playing. I almost never see them anymore. Yeah. So that's so that's one way we can help some of the butterflies. But um, if you want to look at it purely from a selfish way too, if you don't want to help the the insects, you can help yourself. She put a picture up that was actually really quite striking of um, a highway. I think she said highway what six? Uh, I I believe so. Yes. Yeah, highway six and. One, one place where the, it was always trimmed, and in the winter, it, the, the snow had blown right over the street. It looked terrible. And then about a kilometer down the road, where they'd not trimmed it and just left it, it, it created a natural snow fence, oh, and the road was wide open. Yes. So, so there was, yeah, so there's benefits for winter maintenance. Right. There's benefits for, uh, in the summer, you have let, you're, you're going out, you're sending out your crew less times to go out and, and mow the lawn there or to cut down uh, whatever's uh, growing. Um, so, I mean, if you can do two things at once, which is, you know, help the environment and help reduce your maintenance costs, it looks, it seems to me like it's a win-win, Jared. That, uh, that, that was definitely um, uh, one, one speaker that uh, disturbed my shift. <laughs> so, well, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that one a lot more than I, I thought I would. I was a little bit skeptical going into it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie to you. But well, you're a skeptical I, guy, Jared. I am. Every time I talk to them, I'm always learning something new. <laughs> But uh, moving on from there, we had uh, the Honorable Lori Scott, uh, Minister of yeah. Infrastructure. Um, a lot of people were excited about this. The room, the room stayed really full for, uh, right. for, and, uh, for all throughout the morning. Right. And, uh, you know, not to you know, disparage our ministers of the crown, but sometimes the, the speeches that are given, um, you know, sometimes people, it's, it's a regurgitation of things that we've already heard before. Um, Lori Scott, it, you know, it really stood out. The first thing she said was, are, are your shovels ready? Are your shovels ready? And uh, Definitely playing to the right crowd, Definitely right? playing. To, I mean, I think everyone that we've talked to here, you know, they're, they all want to get um, infrastructure projects done. Yeah. And with the provincial government having infrastructure funding ready and their partnership with the uh, federal government with the uh, uh, IPIC program, um, there's a lot of infrastructure funding that is available to municipalities who are looking to... Um, advance some of these projects forward there's four streams and she uh you know she touched on them the other uh yesterday um but but what really uh struck me is that she she, you know, she kept on asking are your shovels ready and we actually were you know we had the pleasure of meeting with minister scott uh afterwards uh myself scott butler joe tierney and um some of the ogra board and um you know one thing one issue that we uh talked to her about was the municipal class environmental assessment um, issue, which you know has obviously become a little bit yeah. of a hindrance in terms of um, advancing some of these projects municipalities have ready. We've been barking up that tree for a while, and it seems like this government's ready to sit down and do something about it. Yeah, and we hope that they are. Um, you know, the Municipal Engineers Association have been uh, huge proponents of reforming this um, issue. Um, but you know, the takeaway I think for us, and especially at this conference, and what we kind of tried to convey to Minister Scott was, you know, do you want shovel-worthy? 
projects or do you want shovel ready projects? Because yeah. she was asking about are your shovels ready? And sometimes the, the shovel ready projects aren't the best projects or the most important projects that need to be um, need to be funded. But unfortunately, because of something things like the municipal class environmental assessment um, uh, issue, uh, it ends up being some projects that we don't uh, necessarily that are a little bit lower on the priority level. Yeah, and definitely. You're not getting the projects out there that municipalities need to grow, advance, move forward. Yeah, so or on those so ones are being delayed exactly. constantly by the municipal class environmental yeah. assessment. And yeah. you know, we're not saying scrap the MCEA. We're we're all for it. But you know, <laughs> when you're just when you, talking about the environment and the effect it has. Exactly. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not going there. We're not going there. And of course, we're not. We're at OGRA. We are. You know, we're, we're all about protecting the environment. But you know, you have you. We, we've all heard stories, Jared. Like I don't know. Like there's one that's always tossed around about the town of Caledon. They had a municipal uh, uh, class CA that actually cost more than the bridge itself that they were going to be replacing. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's that like that stands out as like you know the system is a little bit, you yeah. know, it needs reforming when things like that. Are that that's just bordering on ridiculous. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're we're moving forward. Hopefully, moving forward with that and cutting a lot of this, uh, a lot of the trouble that's going along with getting everything right running. I mean and you could say that it's cutting red tape I don't know that I'd call it red tape but um, <laughs> I know this government uh, is very keen on you know uh, reducing red tape and having an open for business type of environment in Ontario and I think being able to advance uh, infrastructure projects that are you know necessary for municipalities is actually part of you know lines up well with that kind of uh, uh, mandate so I think that there's an alignment there yeah Definitely, definitely a good alignment, and it's uh, it's good to see that the the conservative government's willing to willing to work with municipalities and to to move forward on on a lot of these projects. Yeah, right. So uh, that, that that was a lot of the keynotes from the morning. Um, did you have any workshops in the morning that you uh, that you got? Yeah. To to? So actually, there's one that I actually I'm going to be a little bit uh, I'm going to be a little bit biased here, Jared, but. So I helped plan the uh, Intercity Connectivity in Smaller Communities workshop. And so I was able to, I was able to sit in on, on that one for the first bit before I got, uh, had to go jump into my meeting with Minister Scott. And the first few presentations from that were, uh, were very interesting to me. Um, and just because, you know, and, and you know, I think a lot of our listeners outside of the GTA will probably say, oh, okay, well, this is not new to us. But so, you know, some of these communities outside the GTA, GTHA, they don't have a Metro Links. They don't have any of yeah. these uh, organizations coming out, and you know they don't have their all-day go service. They don't have 24-hour uh, transit or whatnot. They, so if you don't own a car, and let's say you know a small rural or northern community, um, you know how are you going to get around? How are you going to go to your medical appointments? How are you going to go? Uh, you know. How are you going to go to work? How are you going to go visit your children if they're, you know, in a different uh, part of the province? And yeah, like even buses are expensive for smaller yeah, municipalities as well. Yeah, they're they're expensive. They're uh, they're they take too long. Yeah, and uh, they're not. Uh, it's not. There's not like you know really good regular scheduling that actually allows for uh, for someone to really you know have a high quality of life without an automobile. Yeah. Uh, and you know, some people might say, "Well, if you're going to live in some of these places, why don't you have a car?" I mean, there's obviously a lot of reasons why people don't have a car. It could be medical reason. It could be expense. Uh, expense. Like, there's there's so many reasons why you know you might and, not I mean, have access to an automobile. And I mean, think about the environment too. And that's as well. We've been thing. talking about the environment yeah. all day. I mean, just having another car on the road. Yeah. It, it, so, it's sort of counterproductive. Yeah. And uh, so, 
you know, so listening into some of these presentations, you know, I, we did hear about some of the initiatives going on, um, you know, at, at different parts of the province. I know in uh, northwestern Ontario, there's uh, Casper Transportation that's providing uh, bus service from Thunder Bay to, uh, you know, other smaller communities throughout the, the northwest. And I believe to Winnipeg, I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, but that also leads to another um, uh, interesting tidbit from yesterday. We actually had the, um, the, you know, the privilege of meeting with Karina Moore from Ontario Northland, who, uh, who also spoke this morning at yeah. the OGRA conference. She just got off the stage a couple hours ago, actually. She did, yeah. And she was, she was uh, uh, you know, Ontario Northland is uh, going to be, uh, you know, attempting to offer some more uh, increased service in, uh, in the north. Um, you know, we all know that the, the Northlander, the popular uh, uh, Polar Bear Express as well, a lot of these services have been cut or reduced. Yeah. Um, and it's, and, you know, for a province as big as Ontario and as in some of these communities, you know, you know they rely on this service, um, you know, for their livelihood, for the well, economy, for, you know, cultural I, uh, I, I got thing. I got listening to her this morning and, yeah, um, yeah a, a lot of the things that she said struck me, like uh, the rail cars they use, they, they take two and a half transports off the road. Now, if you're down in the GTA, you're driving around, you know how much a transport takes up space on the highway. Right. But, I mean, if you're taking two and a half of those off the road in, in northern communities, a lot of the times because of snow, animals, damage, right. you name it, these roads would be closed entirely. That's two and a half vehicles of food, of water, of product that can't get to these northern communities they're cut right off right and that's one thing that she we had discussed in our meeting yesterday is that she they're they, they're attempting to help um or or, or push to kind of move some of this cargo off uh, out of transports and onto the rails yeah um and then and then have trucks kind of be there to deliver these uh, to more local uh communities yeah the last um, mile right? last exactly last mile type thing and um you know, it's 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 obviously something to think about because, as you mentioned, you know, you know, I, I you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the GTA guy on this podcast yeah. here. You're you're the outside the GTA guy, but <laughs> one thing we can we can both agree on is that you know, a, a, a transport truck on a 400 series highway, you know, I hate it. You know, but imagine that on Highway 11 or 17. Yeah. And 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 also imagine that in winter conditions, as you right. mentioned. And well, we both we've both been through Northern Ontario and we've seen how treacherous those roads can get sometimes. Exactly. Right. And, yeah, and you know what? And 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 one one other thing I'll touch on with the northern roads, and this actually hasn't really come up um, so much in terms of sessions, but just in conversations that I've had with people from the northern Ontario, um, there was a there was a bill a few months ago by uh, NDP MPP uh, Guy Bourguin to um, classify uh, highways 11 and 17 uh, as Class One highways, the same as highways the 400 series highways, so that they would receive the same level of winter maintenance as those highways. Unfortunately, that was voted down by the governing party, um, but it's something that uh, is near and dear to the hearts of a lot of people in Northern yeah. Ontario because highways 11 and 17 are the the, the main arteries of the north. Yeah. If you if you clog an artery, Jared, you know you know what happens when an artery, heart artery gets, they have a heart attack. Yeah. So. You know, yeah. at OGRA, it's something that we're, um, you know, you know we're, we're, we're very passionate about Speaking this Speaking from of the thing. heart at yeah. OGRA, and we right. want to keep that heart beating, guys. We want to keep that heart beating. That's right, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, yeah, back, in, back into the afternoon. We had a nice lunch, sat down, and uh, we kicked things off uh, with uh, the Honorable Steve Clark, uh, Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing. That's right. Right off the bat. That's right. And uh, Steve actually, uh, you know, I didn't expect this, but Steve actually... Uh, made an announcement yesterday at our conference, and it was about the uh, municipal modernization uh, fund. So they they announced some 
uh, 3.9 million to help 42 small and rural municipalities um, in terms of service delivery, to help modernize their service delivery. So we're obviously very happy that he was able to come uh, and not not only address delegates, but to make that announcement at a conference. Right. It's uh, you know it's something it's something it's exciting to be in the room when a minister um, uh, uh, does something like that. And yeah. like I said, you know, you know, like I said earlier before I was talking about Minister Scott. You know, sometimes you know you don't really know what to expect when the minister is speaking. I think these these two ministers have given good speeches so far. So, exactly. It's, you know, um, it, yeah, it's really been a, a shock and uh, an eye opener. And yeah, you, you sit on the edge of your seat. You're never quite sure what to expect. Right. And yeah, we, I, you know, I was able to to speak with Minister Clark after his uh, his speech yesterday, and uh, he's very uh, you know he was very um, attentive, and you know he was listening to all of the issues that OJRA's board had brought forward, yeah, um, in the both in the past, and you know we were following up on some of some of these issues yesterday. Well, we, yeah, we met with him in November, and he was really keen on uh, on a bunch of our ideas he was, as well. So which it was good. Correct. It was good to get back in his ear and uh, just keep him there and. Yeah, and it's nice to have a good working relationship with uh, the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing and, you know, uh, staff members and the rest of the ministry, yeah. um, that sort of thing. Uh, it's, uh, it's just nice. And at OGRA, we like, to, we like to partner with people. We like to have uh, uh, really good productive relationships. So I, I can say that with MMAH, uh, MTO, and MOI, Minister of Infrastructure, um, you know, all these, all these uh, great people there, we like to work together. And, uh, you know, it, it's just good to, to help advance uh, municipal interests in the province. Yeah, this is all the way OGRA works for you. We're, we're, we're looking out for yep, our... Yeah, we're always looking for our members. Yeah, we're always looking members. out for our members and uh, the best way to, uh, to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. So right after that, another shift disturber that definitely disturbed my shift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we had uh, Richard Steiner, the Senior Manager of Policy Programs from Gaddock. Right, yeah. This, so this is right up my alley. I was going to uh, say, Jared, this is this is something that you are probably a little bit more passionate about than I am. So I this, uh, you, this is autonomous vehicles. This is really exciting. Unfortunately, uh, because of insurance reasons and uh, space at the hotel, they couldn't actually drive the vehicle, but they could show you everything up close yeah. and personal about what a an autonomous vehicle looks like and how they're going to use autonomous vehicles, what they're doing with them currently, and even who they're partnered with. Uh, Gaddock in the States has partnered with Walmart to deliver from business to business product autonomously. Um, and, and if you're sitting there thinking, wow, Walmart, that is right. You've got Walmart backing this, so it's that's huge. Yeah, we're definitely we're definitely getting close to the end game when it comes to autonomous vehicles. Yeah, I mean it's like it's almost like you know we we said earlier about Dr. James Robinsky's speech, the future is now type thing. Yeah. Um, uh, with autonomous vehicles, I you know I'm going to be the guy who says I don't think they're actually I don't think we're going to see autonomous vehicles on the road as soon as people think. No, I know. I know. I know. There, I know. People are are very uh, you know bullish on it. Yeah. And uh, there's there has been a lot of headway made in terms of get, uh, you know the technology and whatnot. But I still feel that there's a lot of um, concerns, and I don't think I don't I don't think I don't see it happening as quickly as others do. Well, the way Richard was talking too. I mean, they take two years and they map out absolutely everything about a path right. to and from a store. So yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not as easy as hopping in a car and pushing a button. And I was listening to Lex Friedman um, on Rogan the other day, who is all about um, autonomous technology and robotics and so on and so forth. And he was saying it's definitely further away than people think. Right. But, but I mean, you, you got you, you got to look at hindsight in 
five years ago, this was a pipe dream. True. And now there are vehicles that, with a little work, are actually doing it. Right. And it was incredible to have one here, to see the technology, the, the roof rack with all of the cameras, the sensors, the computers, and the room in the back to store everything. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's from, from somebody who loves technology, it was uh, spine tingling. Wow. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Jared. Yeah, I didn't actually didn't have a chance to go check it out myself, uh, but I, I did hear good things about it. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the, in the future, we will actually be able to give uh, a tour uh, in, an, in an autonomous vehicle. And when that happens, I will be very happy about that. Yes. And I will definitely hop in one of those. And, that, that is definitely a conference bucket list goal. Yes. <laughs> and will it happen in the next five years? I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe the next 10? You know, we'll I would see. say most likely. It may be 10, but I don't know about five. No, we're, we're, we try and stay on the cutting edge, yes, so as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll get as there. soon as we can uh, get a company willing to do it, I think uh, you know, we'll, we'll ask our delegates uh, to sign up and uh, yeah. we'll do it. Um, but yeah, take a listen to his speech. Uh, when we get the videos online for, um, for all of the speeches, uh, we're going to hook them up on YouTube. I'll put it in the comments or the uh, show notes of this. And um, take a listen to him. It's... It'll um, definitely alter your thoughts on autonomous vehicles and where we are and where we're going with it. And again, what we can do with it. Right. But um, in the interest of time on this podcast, I want to jump ahead to the end of the day right. on, um, on Monday. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the room had cleared out a little bit, but uh, oh my God, oh my God. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll never guess who, who just showed up. All right, we are joined with... Uh, OGRA's longtime education well, manager. Well, not that long. <laughs> long to yeah, us. Yeah, how long were you on there for, Heather? You were a 20, 20, 20, 21 years. 21, 21 years. years. Yeah. That's literally a third of, two-thirds of my life, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And on that happy note, yes. <laughs> All right. This is, no. the, uh, this is the Milestones podcast. Thomas and yeah. I started this back in December. We, Great uh, idea. Yeah, we take... Um, we, we take articles from Milestones or just yeah. sort of talk. And well, there's uh, lots of exciting stuff going on with the autonomous vehicle theme exactly. the conference. We were, we were, we were literally just uh, talking about Gaddock. Future forward here, as yeah. always. So how have you been? We haven't seen you wonderful, in a bit. Wonderful, wonderful. So busy. Uh, yeah, busier, uh, just as busy as I was, but uh, <laughs> doing different stuff. That's fantastic. And, uh, winter in the deep south of Ontario has been good. <laughs> Uh, I describe I it as uh, winter there is like four months of bad gardening weather. Oh. It's just <laughs> oh. <laughs> really good. Well, and we've heard uh, a lot of good things about so. your garden. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, work, always a work in progress, but it's coming along. Fantastic, and, uh, fantastic. Yeah, love the graphics. Uh, Thank I, you. I saw the graphics for the awards luncheon. Very, very nice. Thank you. Very nice. And, and you've gone all high tech with even the... Uh, uh, delegate badges right, like we, that we are, too. Uh, have you met Rachel yet? The communications not, marketing coordinator. Have not. Saw, saw Laura and Kathy and Scott and Cherry um, and Carmen in the. Right. Uh, they were getting set up for the uh, awards lunch. Awesome. Yeah, we were. Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of Cherry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's on um, the run. She's on the run. <laughs> we were. Uh, yeah, no. Rachel has been instrumental in helping us push a lot of these. Uh, initiatives that we've been wanting Fantastic. to do that we've been wanting to uh, get out Fantastic. but uh, so Heather you've been, so. Out of, you've been out of the uh, municipal uh, industry uh, now for how long three three years yeah three years however I got pulled back from retirement 
to uh, help out with a project that uh, TAC is doing. Oh, really? Uh, what, so what, what's, what's that project it's, about? It's um, going to be an online training program uh, focused on road safety. Oh, really? Road safety. So uh, how you can assess the high collision points on, on your road network, what can be done, what are some of the options for uh, modifying the... Uh, the Wow. Uh, anyway, okay. kind of keep my hand in it. And, yeah. and, uh, I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't think that you would just retire and just, you know, and, and, and just kind of crawl into a cave and, and disappear. You yeah. just, you just no. get pulled back in. <laughs> yeah, you never disappear from here. You just keep getting pulled back in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah something like and that. And we were just talking, yeah. Jared and I were just talking about a lot of um, the retirements happening in the municipal sector and how a lot oh, yeah. of institutional knowledge is going to be lost and yes. that we need to keep in touch or kind of you know help transfer that knowledge from some of the people that are leaving the industry. That's to, a perennial problem. That's <laughs> yeah, a perennial it is. It is. problem. Yeah. However, um, the, the exciting thing is that as things progress, there is new talent in the back seat ready to step forward and um, just like here, just like at the conference, right. even though it's been going since uh, what, 1929 or, wow. or before, yeah. <laughs> um, every year is a fresh look and a fresh take and there's always always opportunity to keep it moving forward and that's the important thing. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so, that's fantastic. All right. So, anyway, I will keep got, on moving, uh, but I have to talk. What? That is a silicone drinking straw with the a uh, silicone drinking straw. What the, oh, okay. Yes, with the with the. All right, very good. Very with good. the one-time use so plastic uh, band coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, how are you? Excellent, excellent. Good to see you. My my question though, with the the coming ban on single-use plastic is, will that apply to garbage bags? I think that's. A, I think I've heard that question a lot. Uh, um, so, are we going to go back? I remember as a kid, like back hundreds of years ago, <laughs> when uh, we used to take the garbage out. In first off, you got your groceries in a paper sack, yeah. and then you took the paper sacks, which were very heavy craft paper, and that was what you stacked up in the uh -huh. uh, in the bins. So maybe we'll go back. We might go back to that. Whole, Whole Foods is already on this, I guess. Right. I <laughs> Anyway, I will let you get back nice to, to you, your Heather, work for, here. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, I'm delighted to see you guys again. <laughs> yes, Although it I was a pleasure, Heather. Didn't recognize Thomas at first. Was it was it the glasses or the lock of hair? It, it, it's this it's this new it's this new look. <laughs> what she's referring look. to is uh, since the last time she saw me, I've I've lost some hair as I've aged. Uh, so much hair. Very so poorly aging hair. process for me. Clearly, the, the burden of office <laughs> is being <laughs> heavy. <laughs> I look like a president after eight years, is what she's trying to say. <laughs> uh, or, the, or the current. Oh, one, the, oh no! Oh, the oh God! Bad going in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're getting political. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, our time's almost up, but I want to tie this up with, uh, yes. with with one thing that happened at the end of, uh, of Monday. Um, yes. Dr. Daniel Baer, Overcoming yes. Unconscious Bias. This is something that a lot of people, I don't know, I, I don't know who you are, but you probably just poo-pooed it and unconscious bias this right out the door. Right. But this, this is definitely somebody you want to listen to. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, I, I mean, I, I watched probably... Um, a part of the uh, presentation, but I had, was pulled into uh, another meeting uh, in the afternoon there. But the part of the presentation I watched was, you know, it was just very interesting in the sense that 
you know, he was explaining how a lot of these, uh, uh, I, guess, I guess, the way you see people or perceive people is kind of, it's almost baked into your subconscious without you even knowing it. Yeah. So you might feel uh, a certain way towards a particular, you know, type of person of a particular demographic, particular age, particular gender, whatever you want to call it. And you might say to yourself, oh, well, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a racist or I'm not a sexist or I'm not this. But you, there might be some things already baked into your subconscious yeah. based on, you know, things that you've seen throughout your life. Life experiences. Life experience, and, uh, uh, media. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make, though, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's good to recognize these things. That's the thing. And you, you can only overcome your unconscious bias by acknowledging the, that you have it in the first yeah. place. And I think part of his presentation yesterday was based on being able to kind of acknowledge it um, and, and move forward on it, so that it, you know, if going forward in in your life when you're making decisions, um, you know, you know that, that you that you know that if you think a certain way, it's because I already have this, you know, preconceived notion, yeah. you know, in my head already. And one of the things with that is once you once you realize it, you can say, okay, am I? Do I not like this person because? of this unconscious bias or is he just a jerk? <laughs> uh, right, exactly, exactly. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Jared, there's, there's jerks uh, of all, uh, you know, all, uh, everybody, uh, any part of the population, there's always a bunch of jerks out there. So yep. uh, unfortunately <laughs> that knows no bounds. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's definitely uh, definitely something I'm gonna take another look at. Um, yes. Again, I, I didn't get to sit through the entire session as well. Um, when we get the video, that's gonna be on YouTube. I'm gonna put that in the show notes when it comes out. Um, definitely check it out. Please sit down and listen to that. I know the room got a little bit empty after or before that, but that's definitely something you should take a look at. But uh, do you want to end it here? Uh, trade show's wrapping up, it looks like. Yeah, so um, you know what, Jared? I think it's a good time to wrap it up. We're actually just... Uh you know, it's getting busy around here because the uh, awards luncheon is about to start. So and, I guess uh, maybe we'll just end on that note. Yeah, because uh, before we get into that, big congratulations to Joe Tierney and Kathy Houston on their uh, Honorary Lifetime Achievement Awards. That's right. From and that's, OGRA or Lifetime Membership, sorry. That's right. That's right. They're not listening to this they're right now. They're not listening now, right so. now, but uh, they're going to be awarded that in just a few minutes, actually. So, you know, this is uh, it's kind of exciting for us talking about it now. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna go in there. We're gonna give them our support. We're gonna we're gonna watch that, and uh, we're gonna have a great rest of the conference. Uh, Wednesday's jam packed full of stuff. The afternoon's gonna be crazy as well. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. Yep, and uh, I'm sure we'll have some good conversations at the uh, Frank Cowan Welcome Exchange this uh, after this evening. Yeah. And uh, you know, like like I said earlier, Jared, the conference is it's a, it's not only a good place to come and listen to presentations, but it's, it's exchanging ideas, it's having those conversations with other people connecting from across the problem, connecting with people. That's, all, that's honestly, that's what it's all about. If you didn't get out this year, definitely try and get out next year. They're, we're always welcome, always happy to have you. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, episode. Um, really good episode. You know what? Check us out on the socials, uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Again, no Instagram. We're not cool like that. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you think of this episode. Hit us up at uh, podcast.ogra.org. And uh, hey, take it easy, everybody. Bye.